Yes, people, welcome to another episode of Echo Chamber. So let us start with the UK box office top 10 for the weekend of the 21st to the 23rd of February. So we're going to start at number 10, it's Bad Boys for Life. At number 9, it's Brahma's The Boy 2. At number 8, Like a Boss. At number 7, it's Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey. At number 6, still doing it, it's 1917. At number 5, we've got Emma. At number 4, The Call of the Wild. At number 3, still hanging strong, it's Parasite. At number two, you ain't despite what people are saying, hey, it's Doolittle. And at number one, it's that blue little fella that likes the rings, Sonic the Hedgehog. So this week we got a couple of films. Um, yeah, a, a new one and um. A film that we looked at at the London Film Festival, but it's getting its full release this Friday. So uh, sit back, people, and enjoy. Okay, so just watched blood on her name this is um the new film and the debut directorial effort from matthew pope pope also wrote the film along with his producing partner don thompson it is starring bethany and lind will Patton. Elizabeth Rome, Jared Ivers, Jimmy Gonzalez, uh, and Jack Andrews. The uh, the kind of breakdown of the film is this: the dead body lies at her feet, its blood still draining onto the floor. It was an accident. Born of self-defence, but its discovery could have devastating consequences for local garage owner Lee Tiller and her son. In a panic, Lee decides to conceal the crime, cleaning the bloody scene and scrambling to dispose of the body. But can she actually disappear a man from the earth, from his family, leaving them forever wondering? As Lee is torn between her primal instincts and tortured consequence, she struggles to keep her sins hidden from her estranged father, a cop with a long history of moral compromise, and from the keen-eyed girlfriend of the deceased. Blood on Her Name is a character-driven thriller that explores questions of guilt, moral identity, and the evocative yeah, the irrevocability of choices in the direst circumstances. 
Um, yeah. So that is that is the film. And look, as it says, the film opens up, and we've got Lee kind of on her hands and knees in in a dark room. And you just see, like, her face, she's clearly been in some shit You know, I mean, she's got cuts, she's bleeding And she's kind of sobbing You know, it's just like uh, 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 uh. And then the camera pans And you can kind of see someone lying there You know, like a, a you know, it moves again There's like a pool of blood and then as she gets up, you know, she's holding something and, yeah, we see a body lying there. And you're just like, oh, god damn, what has happened? You know, it's like, it's lit and it's really kind of just, you know, dark, creepy, ominous uh, kind of way. So, yeah. You know something bad has happened, but the big question is, why? Why did this go down? You know, um, and yeah, then we see her make the craziest of decisions. You know, she then just looks around, shuts the garage door. And then it starts to go to hell. It's. I think it's interesting. Right. So I I will say this is. It's interesting because I think. When you look at everything. You know when all the circumstances are broken down. You just think to yourself, like, did these people, like, you know what I mean? Did they even know what the right thing to do was? You know, because as as we learn more and the film goes on, kind of, we get these flashbacks from Lee's past when she was a kid. And then you realise what the animosity with her dad is. So we're seeing all of this and you're just like, oh, right. So she saw some shit, you know. She saw some shit as a kid. Well, that's probably not the best thing, right. That's not the best thing to do at all. But I think one of the biggest things is... You like, you do have to ask yourself, why didn't she do the right thing? You know, like, why didn't she do the right thing? Because it's on video, right? So it would have been on video, so it would have been clear that she got attacked. There's another thing that comes out, but then again, it's all in self-defense, and it all would have been there. It all would have been clear 
that this wasn't a premeditated thing. So yeah, it you do wonder. You do wonder why. And you also there is some this weird doubt because okay, she then decided to cover it all up. Right? She decided to go down that road. And once you go and do that, you have to think, right, this this can go, uh, you know, just a couple of ways, right? There's, there's not a lot of choice here for me to do. So, yeah. you know, so we have this, but then more and more and more crazy decisions keep on getting made. And, uh, like, it's fine to an extent, but I think there is a point where you do just think, like, come on, I, I can't keep on believing that just all of this is going to happen, because, you know, I, I'd say that people aren't completely dumb. People can make stupid decisions, yes. That's, you know, without a doubt, you know. But, right, we make stupid decisions, but surely there is an understanding that this can happen, right? This can lead to this. But that's not what we see. We just kind of see the just stupidness after stupidness. And so it does kind of feel in a way that it's just kind of we're getting Lee led down this path of no return just to lead the story in a certain way. Because a lot of these things aren't really, it's not logical. It's not logical for any of this shit to go down, right? So you're just like... Mm. There is a frustration here There is a big frustration um, Now, the film looks good It shot really well um, You know, I think the lighting is good There are a few scenes that are, are a little bit dark Which makes it a bit difficult to see what's going on But, you know, for the most part Like, the look and the feel works, it does work to try and give you that tension, but, you know, I think this is called a, um, oh gosh, what, what are the words they use to describe this film, um, ah, that's it, Southern Gothic Neo-Noir Thriller, mmm, I don't know, like, yeah, I wouldn't use those words. I I I generally I, I wouldn't say it's neo noir. I wouldn't really even say it's a thriller because you kind of see where this is going. There isn't really anything here that leads you to be like, "Oh, that's I'm so shocked." I didn't see that happening. 
oh man, I can't believe that that happened or they did that. That's not that's not where this film takes you at all. Like I, I could predict the end because it's just set up in that way. We're not really seeing anything new because you know. I mean, I, I guess the choices are limited on what Lee could have done. But I, I think when you line things up in a certain way, you know where the story's going. Right? So, yeah, you, you kind of know where the story's going. And especially, especially... Just before she goes and does something, she tells someone something. And you're just like, ugh. Whenever that happens, this is always a consequence. And yeah, that's exactly what we saw. So that's, I I do find that a shame. And I do think then it's no longer, it's, it's just not a thriller. Because with a thriller, you're kind of like, you're on the edge of your seat and you're wondering where the story is going to take you. You're not wondering where this is going to take you because you you can kind of see it. It's signpost all the way. Because if, it, if anything else was going to happen, like certain things wouldn't happen at the beginning. You know, you just wouldn't be led down. The path in which we're led So yeah And uh, Like you know the gothic neo-noir And I was like no No It's like oh it's it's a nice thing To you know put But the film Doesn't live up to that Yeah It just doesn't Just doesn't pack that punch like um, it's fine and all. Like, I'd say the acting isn't bad. The acting isn't bad. It's a little um. I'd say, you know, Ryan the son, uh, he's played by Jared Ivers, doesn't really. I have to say, to be fair, he doesn't have a lot to do. Really doesn't have a lot. It's not many lines. It's just a very one-dimensional character. And so what we do get from him, it's all a bit limp. But yeah, as I said, there's there's not a lot for him to do there. You know? Um, yeah. Bethany Ann Lind, she's not bad as Lee. But I, yeah, it, it's just... There's times when you're just like, where's the reasoning here? You know, like, there's shock at the end, but it's a bit like, but why would you do what you did? You know, it made no sense. And then there's just no reaction from the first thing. And you're just like, look, there was still stuff that you could have done. So... And I think, you know, Elizabeth Roan, you know, like, she's okay, but again, 
Like, there's not really a lot of depth to any of these characters, really. And I just think it's the way they're kind of brought into it. It's it's just the way the story flows that we just don't know enough, so we don't care. Like, we don't care. And, you know, when they do certain things, it's just a bit like, yeah, well, of course you were going to do that. That's where the story was taking you um, And it, it, like You know do I believe The things that you say No not really Just because there's not really enough conviction Behind it to make you go Okay yeah 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 yeah, yeah. And the same with um, You know Will Patton's Richard It's just Yeah Everything is like, it's fine, but it doesn't take you to that level where you're fully immersed and you're fully in. You know, like, yeah, you should be able to hear and, and you know, what they're saying and just be like, oh, man, I can't believe that they're, you know, but yeah, you just don't. You don't, you don't get hooked, I think that's the real problem, you don't get hooked, the most compelling thing is that opening scene, and that then gets kind of washed away with the other things that come from it, you know, it it loses that impact. Which is a shame. I mean, for a first directorial effort, though, this isn't, you know, this isn't a terrible thing. It, it's something that you can build upon. So there is that, you know? I, I will say that there is, like, it is a, 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 a solid foundation which Pope could, um, yeah, just grow and perfect. So it'll be interesting to see what he does next, you know. I so yeah, I I think that's that's what this does, um, but yeah, it's it's not really a standout film, unfortunately, you know, like some of the some of the um the blurb, the promotional blurb on this is just like um, yeah. In uh, in a just world, blood on her name will be the word of mouth hit of the year. And I'm just like, no. I it, it just it's not as compelling to be that. Like there, there's moments when it could have elevated itself, but it just never does. Yo, so um, you know, you'd hope by the end of the year that we get to see things that are head and shoulders above this. But it is what it is. Like, and look, it, that that that's not meant to be mean. It's not meant to be nasty. You know, I've said, look, it, it's an okay film. Right? It's an okay film. It's a good first effort. But, you know, when you're saying 
This is a southern gothic neo-noir thriller You're expecting something a little bit more Right? I think you'd hope with that tag for something like You know, I don't know, Fargo Brick Um Drive You know, like a fi- films like that That's what you'd kind of expect Um Did I just say Memento? I can't remember uh, But um, yeah but yeah, it's it's not like that. Um, but yeah, as I said, look, maybe Pope will develop into one of those directors and produce something on that level. Who knows, right? But I think if you just want something to pass the time, um, you don't really have to think too much about blood on her name. Yeah, that will fill that bill for you Okay So, um, yeah You know, it is out Um, so it's getting released in a select number of US cinemas On, um, Monday the 28th But it also comes out on video on demand on that day as well So, if it's not playing... In a cinema near you Or just not in your country But you You know you like the actors involved You think the idea of the film Sounds interesting Then you can go to Anywhere where you You know you get your films You know Google Apple Amazon All of that And uh, yeah go download it Enjoy people so that's Blood on a Name um, from director Matthew Pope, um, who also uh, co wrote, yeah, also co wrote the film with um, Don Thompson. It's starring Bethany Ann Lind, Will Padden, Elizabeth Rom, Jared Ivers, Jimmy Gonzalez, and Jack. Andrews Um, It's rated 15 um, And it's 85 minutes long So not too crazy Okay Cool Okay so Just out of The new film By director Richard Stanley Now I think one of the big things Here is Richard Stanley, this is his first um, feature film since 1996 When he was meant to be directing The Island of Dr. Moreau Um, But, you know, they parted ways and he left the production So yes, this was a, um, a, a big film to come back yeah, it's, it's about making an impact um, So uh, Producing the film Was Daniel No, Josh Walker Lisa Weis, Wils, Lisa Whelan And Elijah Wood uh, St- 
Stanley and Scarlett Amar- Amaris wrote the screenplay. Um, and the film itself was starring uh, Nicolas Cage as Nathan Gardner, Jolie Richardson as Teresa Gardner, Madeline Arthur as Lavina Gardner. Uh, then we had Brendan Meyer as Benny Gardner. Um, had, uh, oh, I'm going to butcher this. Koranka Kilcha as Mayor Toma. Had Tommy Chong as Ezra. Elliot Knight as Ward Phillips. Um, and Julian Hillard as Jack Gardner. Now, the... Um, The storyline was the Gardner family has traded city life for the country after they inherit a rural family estate located near Arkham, Massachusetts. Struggling artist Patriot Nathan tries his hand at gardening yet fails to yield any desired results. That changes one evening when a small meteorite crashes in the yard. The purple glowing orb soon withers into dust, but not before infecting the local water supply. While the effect on the crops is bountiful, the alien presence soon begins to take an ill effect on the Gardner family. Now, I think when the film starts... they're trying to give you that weird kooky kind of vibe because we're greeted with um the daughter Lavinia doing a a pagan ritual then um you know she's met by um Walt Phillips who is a researcher doing um uh some like geological testing on the water supply, so we're just like straight away. It's like, hmm, okay, this is gonna be different. But I think you get the impression that we're, although we we're going to be seeing a um, a different type of film, that it's possibly going to be something psychological, maybe. Um, Along the lines of something like signs, you know, uh, there would be something kind of off like that, like some subtle kind of stuff, nothing overt, you know, it would just be, it's a normal film, but with kind of thriller psychological tendencies. And for a good point of time, that's kind of what we get. You know, we, we get that something's happened with the family. They've gone through some tough times. But this is this is them trying to turn things around. You know, making that effort to, um, you know, in reinvent, reinvent themselves. You know? And it's it's looking pretty normal. It's playing pretty normal. 
Although every now and again, like because Cage is acting, Cage is acting, and he's he's pretty decent. Every now and again, though, you get these quirky, weird little moments, these weird mannerisms from him, at, where he'll overpronounce words, or um. You know, he'll tilt his head in a weird way and just kind of have this odd expression on his face. You know, and it's just like, oh, <laughs> is um, is Cage 2.0 going to come out? Oh, no, he's gone back in. And so we're, we're getting some oddness like that. I mean, there's one point when he's talking to his um, his wife, Teresa. And they're, they're talking, oh, you know, like, oh, would you still love me if um, I lost my legs? And we get a, <laughs> I'll tuck you into my carry-on luggage and <laughs> and anywhere, um, you know, I go, I'll have you with me. And then he gives this weird look and you're just like, Oh, <laughs> I I think this might be turning on us, and uh, yeah, yeah, like we get a turn, like the meteor hits, and slowly but surely, this becomes man. This just becomes something completely insane. Biz, I, I think, you know, because last year we had Cage and Mandy. And I think, you know, watching Mandy, you, you know, from the very beginning, you knew that this was batshit crazy. You know, it, it was just going to be the oddest film in the world. And you're like, okay, that's fine. You know, that, yeah, that's fine. It's like Panos Cosmatos. You know, so you think, it, yeah, obviously it's going to be an odd film. But, yeah, with this one, you're kind of thinking, right, this should, this should be, like, pretty, like, it shouldn't be completely nuts. You know what I mean? It, it, it shouldn't be just straight up crazy. But yeah, that is exactly exactly what it becomes. Just this insane, this straight up insane piece of film. Like, um, we get you know, a lot of weird angles. We get a lot of weird kind of delivery, you know, the, the, like the delivery from a lot of the characters, from the beginning where you're getting this kind of straight kind of narrative, you suddenly get like just weird mood, mood swings, you get just weird cadences, and that is all matched now with like the cinematography, because now 
yet we're getting these weird coloured shots. You know, everything is becoming this um, kind of like a, 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 a trip. You know, we're kind of in a hallucinogenic trip. It's all really just amped up completely amped up and you're you know we're just like is this a real thing or have we just stepped into a fever dream it it, you know it becomes a frenzied you know just a completely frenzied um i think vision really, like, we're going from just a story to just a crazy vision, and it does work, like, there are moments that are just a bit like, ah, it's a bit on the nose, like, the whole chopping scene in the kitchen, like, straight away, as soon as we see it, and then the different ang- camera angles that are being utilised, you know the outcome, you know? So there, there are a few moments like that, but it's fine. Now, some of the interchanges between the, 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 you know, the characters, especially the brother and sister, are very odd. You know, having the brother refer to his sister as a hack... Uh, a hairy axe wound. It does take you by surprise. <laughs> it is weird. It's an odd choice. You know what I mean? Ain't gonna lie. It's an odd choice. But. <laughs> you know. um, This is a weird ass film. It is hard to. um, Yeah it's hard to equate it. You know. I. I've think you have to be open to oddness otherwise you probably won't enjoy this you know i i think look if you watched last year's mandy and if you enjoy films of that nature then you know color out of space is all you you will definitely enjoy it. Yo, it's it's 111 minutes, so we're just under two hours here. Um, so you know, it's not. I I don't think it was an overly long film because the way it changes pace, constantly changing place, and constantly changing. In in tone, I think that keeps you that keeps you engrossed in the film, you know, because you are just like, where the hell is this going, you know, like what's happening with this? So uh, yeah, I don't think you're gonna be bored. I don't think you're gonna be like, oh god, this is dragging. But you will be. What am I watching? This is insane. So yeah, if you like crazy films, if you want something that's kind of like a weird psychological horror, 
Yo, something... Now, this isn't as back crazy as Mandy. This is probably Mandy's cousin, Mandy's younger sibling. So, if that is all good with you, then colour out a space. Yo, go watch it. Now, it's playing Tuesday the 8th of October at 10 past 6 at The View West End in Leicester Square. Then it's playing Thursday the 10th at 8.30 at the BFI South Bank. Um, the BFI's website is showing that these are sold out. But as mentioned before, if you go to the, you know, if you go to the, either of those venues, I mean, believe it's 45 minutes before the screenings are meant to start. That is when they will be releasing returns. So, look, people, things come up, people return tickets. So, yeah, go and check. And maybe check before, just in case, you know, who knows. Tickets may get released earlier as well. But, you know, always check the website. And, um, yeah, give it a chance if this is for you. It Remember, so... This is Colour Out of Space. It is the new film by Richard Stanley. Um, it is starring Nicholas Cage, Nicholas Cage, Jolie Richardson, Madeline Arthur, Tommy Chung, um, Quarank Kilcher, um, Julian Hillard. Elliot Knight um, and Brendan Meyer. So, yeah, enjoy, people. Okay, people. So, come to the end of another episode. And before we bounce, a little bit of film news. Um, so, it seems that we are getting a third third installment in the Creed franchise I mean I don't know if we specifically need it but yep it is coming and this time it's going to be written by uh, Zach Balin now um, Zach Balin is is known for writing the um Yo, the highly regarded blacklist script that is now being turned into a film, um, I think from Will Smith's production company, and he's going to be playing the lead. Um, but yeah, he wrote King Richard, that is about um, Venus and Serena Williams's uh, dad, who taught them how to play. Uh, so yeah, he's going to be writing the new Creed film. Um, which will continue the story of Adonis Creed, uh, who should still be played by Michael B. Jordan. Um, no one else, you know, there's no director attached or anything like that as of yet. And, um, yeah, so obviously no release date or anything like that. But, yeah, a new film is coming. And now we know the writer. Um... Some other news. So, uh, recently, um, 
Oh, what's his name? Harrison Ford, that's it. Yes, he was out talking about, um, you know, the fact that he's going to be playing Indiana Jones again. And, um, yeah, he's not looking to step down or anything like that. Well, um, some new news. Steven Spielberg has decided to step away from actually directing this film. He will still be involved as a hands-on producer, but the word on the street is James Mangold is going to be the likely successor. Now, Mangold has produced, like, he's done films like Logan and the recent Ford v Ferrari, so, you know, I I think he's got the chops to um, carry this off, and... The last Indiana Jones film, let's be fair, it was pretty bad. So, this could breathe some new life and, um, yeah, give us something that we want to see. So, yeah, that will be interesting. Um, Some other news, which we're going to end on. So, Martin Scorsese is... At work prepping his new film um, Which is called Killers of the Flower Moon Now this is based on um, The FBI's first major homicide kind of case Uh, It's from David Gran Who wrote um, The Lost City of Zed Uh, And it's based on the 1920s true story which focuses on a string of murders of members of the Asaga Nation in Oklahoma after oil was discovered beneath their land. So, uh, yeah, that's in. I think I first heard about that story on, you know, Joe Rogan experience. I might be wrong, but yeah, that's where I think I heard it. But the whole deal is. so Scorsese, you know, he partners with Paramount and he was working on the Irishman there, but the budget was getting bigger. They were kind of worried, so they bailed. Netflix picked it up. And it's sounding like this, a similar thing may be happening because at the moment, the budget of Flowers is 225 million. Um, and yet Paramount are worried So, um, you know I think also Scorsese enjoyed the freedom he had at Netflix Because they don't interfere They they green light you and let you run with it So, yeah, maybe another film will, of Scorsese's will hit Netflix uh, Now Involved in this film is Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro. So, um, yeah, it could be good. Could be good. Now, Irishman was good. So, uh, yeah, I am looking forward to this. But, people, that is it for another episode. Um, We'll be back next week. So, uh, yeah, enjoy your film watching, people. Peace.